Welcome to Packet Pushes, the data networking podcast for real engineers. Now, today I am again at the IETF 99 conference. Thanks to Huawei for um, giving us some financial support to attend. And, um, you know, really with no strings attached, they just said come along and cover the ITF and share what's happening here. Now, today I am sitting in the corridor, literally just finishing a recording, and Linda Dunbar joins me. Now, she works in the interface to network security functions. Now, those of you who've heard me talk about network functions virtualization and the concept of running uh, networking functions like firewalls, proxy servers, IDS, malware, scanning engines, routing functions, um, all those types of network services are being moved into VMs or even containers in some cases. And I guess, uh, you know, talking to Linda, she's talking about how do we actually manage, orchestrate, configure, operate, use those types of functions, and that's what you do. So, Linda, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about uh, network security functions? Great. Thank you very much for these opportunities. Um, so, um, with virtualization coming to place, and operators will get uh, virtualized functions from different vendors. As you know today, different network functions have different interfaces. Even if come from like vendor A, uh, they may call it permit. Vendor B may call it allow. Vendor C may call some other words. Mm. And they may all have different contexts. And think about if you are operator sitting there, you have catalog of network functions, they put them together, and today you put in this environment, tomorrow you put in that environment, mm. and it's a nightmare to manage them. Just say, if you have an orchestration system, yeah. and you already have implemented policies, and boom, you get a third party uh, um, network function coming into place, mm. and you have to change your interface to manage those functions. And um, so that is the, the fun foundation how we started this working group. First of all, we want so to... So it's very centered around the APIs. APIs. For two, two areas, operation and configuration. Policies. Of, uh, so, all right, On so the rules. Rules. So, so configuration would be rules, policy... And then how to configure those into, say, an, an extent or an existing firewall. Let's say, let's say, let's try and make it a practical example. I've got a virtual firewall running in an x86 VM somewhere. Well, now that it's all running, I need to configure rules. And those rules are even going to be a function of policy. You know, like our standard policy is to allow HTTPS and block everything else or something like that. Right? Exactly right. And so there's that part of it. And then there's going to be an operational interface. How do I instantiate a firewall? Where do I instantiate a firewall? So what you know, how do I then? Is is it still running? Is it up and is it functioning correctly? How many packets float? Those, is that the sort of thing? Yes, that's all included. So, um, so basically, um, uh, you have a firewall. Like you instantiate the firewall somewhere else, somewhere in the network. And first of all, what traffic goes through there, right? When you instantiate that firewall, and then you have to like from window A, the firewall is uh, stateful. From window B, is uh, stateless. Mm. And from window C, maybe just simple um, um, ACL, right? Mm. So um, when you instantiate the firewall, first of all, the operators operation need to understand what kind of capability this firewall has. Yeah. Every vendor calls it firewall, but it means differently. Right? So you might have an application-level firewall as opposed to a stateful L4-type firewall. Exactly. So right. the configuration modeling needs to be radically different because if you're just saying permit this source test then that's very different from permit source test, but only if it's this application inspection profile. 
Exactly match, right. right. Exactly right. So, okay. so basically, um, in the I2NSF interface to network security functions, first thing we need to have is the registration of the capability of the virtual network functions. So, as a vendor, when you provide a set of functions to the operator, then you need to provide standardized uh, capability indicator. Okay, what the function are capable of doing. So that's one of the um, deliverable for uh, I2NSF to be able to formalize those capabilities. Second is being able to um, um, allow the operator to be able to issue rules because if you instantiate a firewall into like a, a particular data center, you have those kind of connections to it, you want to make sure that th th those rules actually put into place. But if the same firewall is instantiated on a different place, mm. then you'll have a different set of firewalls, yeah. a different set so of rules. Well. So, so there's a context, right? Configuration, operation, yeah. and context. Yeah, so from, from, from the, the policy perspective, the orchestration policy from user perspective may be yeah. very simple, maybe declarative, right? Right? Yeah. So I allow HR group now talking to a marketing group. Yeah. Um, um, but who belongs to HR group? Who belongs to a marketing group? That's another set of maybe Active yeah. Directory so or some somewhere. Sort of identity-based networking. And then, right. and that's a whole other working group right there. Right. <laughs> so um, from there, the controller being able to get those rules from the operator, like allow this, talk, allow this group talking to another group mm. using existing database or Active Directory, being able to translate that group into appropriate addresses so that they can issue the command and like allow IP 10.1.1 mm. not talking to mm. 10.1.12 right mm. and then send that to the network functions so for I2SF we basically have three interfaces one is the registration interface yep. allow the vendor to register where the virtual machines capability is where they are their, yep. the, the hot pulse right heart rate and second one is the interface to the client yeah. Uh, okay. Third one is interface to the NSF. So we have three d different interfaces. Right. And the working group today is working on the data models and the information models. And for the client interface, we're focused on the APIs. And for the NSF facing, we are doing the young model to define the actual data model to, to the young. So that vendors, when they put the, the equipment or put their virtualized function to the operator, they can... Um, support those functions. So operators, controller, or orchestration systems don't have to make changes every time they adopt a new vendor. So right. that, that's the uh, yeah, goal the of this. Wouldn't the vendors want to resist that? Like if I'm an application inspection firewall, I rely on advancing the inspection engine. Or, you know, uh, if we have application inspection features today, mm -hmm. would we have been able to introduce those if we only had configuration models for L4 engines? Like L4 firewalls, as an example, or you know, it might also apply to IDSs and proxy servers and all that other stuff as well. So, so the interface itself yeah. doesn't preclude that you cannot support application level inspection yeah, or any other new feature that might. So, for right. example, you know, we're seeing security tools like um, pattern matching or machine learning to detect encrypted malware. Without right. decrypting it, I can still detect it because I'm looking for. Packet matches. I could still include that in in the inter interface. Yes. So the current interface design is to yeah. allow the the vendor to provide the algorithm, provide mm. the 
detailed information on how to do the matching in in the um, in their own um, like a. Uh, Location repository.、Mm. So what the interface does is provide a common interface. Like say, if you want to do application layer inspection, like this is a new feature. So the rule would be very simple. Like I want enable this, want to disable this. But this particular what you need to do actually provided by the by the vendor. So provide this common interface so that、uh, the the orchestration can say, hey, I want to enable this particular entity.、Yes. But this entity's definition is coming from. As, uh, this uh, Active Directory or the、yeah. the database,、yeah. so、we'll、provide this common framework, so allow the the controller be able to issue command on the fly dynamically based、yeah. on what vendor provide. So we're hoping through this process, give operator an easy way to be able to deploy the network functions without. Changing their controller. About, so everybody's talking about operators, but nobody's talking about enterprises. Like enterprises have DMZs, often、mm. very sophisticated, very large、mm-hmm. DMZs, and increasingly with software-defined WAN, we're actually moving thousands of network functions right out to the branch, right、mm. out to the very edge of the branch network, and no longer using private WANs, but replacing it with a public WAN type functionality where we use overlays. Uh, would this technology be able to be extended to that? Absolutely, absolutely.、Yeah. So I'd say operator, meaning the user. So、right. we will have an interface to the user.、Right. So think about today, like any enterprises, the DMZ, the firewall, they may have five hundred thousand rules. Just think about today, the the workload are. It within enterprise data center, they、yeah. can apply those rules. But tomorrow, when those rules,、uh, when those uh, uh, workload moving to the cloud, and the addresses will not be same anymore. Today、mm. is in this cloud, the address、yes. is private address, and tomorrow we move to that data center, different addresses. And today's firewall is, is just cannot managing those clouds. Yeah, we can't use absolute references. We have to use indirect references. Exactly. Right. I, th- I think about it in terms of computer science terms. You can't have an absolute memory address or be m- mapping a specific memory location that is hardware specific. You have to start, which is what an IP address is, almost not quite, but almost.、Um, we need to start thinking about things as you know, virtual references, where I'm referring something, and then somehow there's some abstraction underneath that tells me where that's going to be. So, just because you have a house doesn't mean you're not necessarily in a hotel. Or travelling on a plane, or in a taxi, I should be able to address you regardless of whether you're in any of those. Right. Right. Regardless of what element you're in, so setting your IP address to be at your house isn't useful when you're travelling in a taxi. Yeah, that's the goal of、yeah. this iTunes app.、Right. We're trying to provide a framework of the policy, not dependent on.、Mm. Your IP addresses.、Mm. We have this uh, uh, directly consumable policies and indirectly consumable、mm. policies. For most of the policy, we're hoping for this virtualized environment, a cloud environment, is indirectly consumable. Meaning, when I say in- indirectly consumable, meaning the the vendor also provide the mapping mechanism to resolve those kind of policies. Like for example, you say my name's Linda. Linda cannot access uh, Greg's. Um, um, The storage, right? Mm, mm. So the command should be Linda and Greg, and then depending on where Linda is, this the database will contain where Linda is, and then、yeah. the the policy to the function deployed will translate that into a proper. It's very difficult to talk about this, isn't it? Because you're saying you know policy, and I'm thinking just if I was listening to this as I'm in my car driving to work, I'd be like, wow, this sounds really, this doesn't sound very relevant to me, or it doesn't sound. Like the, communicating what's actually going on here verbally is quite tough. I think、uh, it is tough, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, uh, I mean, I'm reading the working group notes here as I'm talking to you. 
So, so actually now in the industry, there are three different initiatives working on this area. Yeah. So, I2 SF is focusing on the technical details, right? The two yeah. boxes. And in the ONOCT, Open Network User Group, we have the software-defined security services. So that one is basically allow user to define their security policy using human languages, yeah. and hopefully they're using iTunes uh, APIs and data models mm -hmm. for user to be able to express their policies, and then for the controller be able to translate those policies into the um, policies. Okay. Now, one of the other there. things that I thought was very interesting here, I'm just reading the charter for the working group. So the goal is actually to define a set of software interfaces and data models. Um, for controlling, I'm just reading the verbatim from the website, for controlling and monitoring aspects of physical and virtual NSFs, enabling clients to specify rule sets. And then it goes on to say the working group will decide later whether the information model needs to be published as an RFC. So literally it's a research project. No, it's not research. The data model will be published because yes. data model is what people use, right? Yes, that's You're right. talking about you need but API. But what should be in the, in the yes. data model? Is the information model is like a blueprint, right? Yes. How you construct the data model. Okay. Data model is the end result. Yeah. So that's what IETF was doing. But now our working group has decided yeah. that we are going to publish the information model as well. Right. And who's participating in the project? Because obviously, if it's, it sounds a bit operator-centric like or carrier-centric. Uh, right now, is carrier-centric yeah. right here, like Telefonica, Deutsche Telekom, and uh, France Telecom, Orange, yeah. right? Yeah. And also the vendors, right? right. Juniper, yeah. Huawei, and uh, uh, Korean Telecom. Yeah. So um, this in IETF is uh, operator-centric. We're hoping to bring it to the enterprise hmm. and uh, in the uh, ONOC, Software-defined security services working group, they will be utilizing this. That's really interesting. I hadn't. I mean, this is this is the sort of stuff that has to happen to make SDN, like the umbrella term SDN that we talk about, software-defined or controller-driven networking to happen. Exactly. And allow right. it to happen. And it's just one of these mechanical pieces that people sort of assume is just there. Exactly. But right. In the old days, we had the CLI, and it was up to a human to implement policy configuration operations and we need to replace that with some sort of robotic or machine-based interface and this is one of the many pieces of that pie coming together. In order to make SDN fly, in order to make SDN and every yeah. being deployed, that's a necessary component. Yeah, well I often think of, let me, let me throw this at you, I want to validate some of my thinking. SDN is the engine that does the configuration and the control, network functions virtualization um, is the x80 you know using x86 VMs or containers to host firewalls and instances, and I kind of think of SDN as the configuration of the connectivity between the NFE instances. Oh well, is SDN is just umbrella. Yeah. You can think about it. Service function chain is the controller to connect all those service functions together, and, and they will function together, group right? Service function right. Chain, so, yeah. but that's treating all the functions as a black box, right? Yes. So you connect all those functions together. Then, what do you want this function to do? Yeah. You cannot expect every. Every time you pre create this function chain, you have a human there monitoring those firewalls and yes. configuring those firewalls. That's just unbearable. It's because we've got so much more networking than before. Right. There's and more, the old days of doing things, you know, organically with your artisanal command line interfaces, that's kind of over. We can't scale that. And also because the workload is moving. It's not workload is always stay stable in the same place. You can use the same IP yeah. address yeah. to control them. The workload today is moving all the time and you cannot just change firewall when you, whenever you move a workload to this cloud. Mm -hmm. Then 
then that's unbearable. Like today, even today, you're talking about 500,000 rules. Okay. That's considering the workload are stable. Yeah, no, I've worked on firewalls with 120,000 rules. So, so yes. that just... Um, it really wasn't very stable. It wasn't very, very practical. Actually, yeah. the start of this working group is from Bloomberg. They yeah. having trouble with managing the firewall. They are the ones actually right. requesting starting this. We work okay. together on this. Perfect. Okay, so people, if you want to hear more about this, go to datatracker.ietf.org slash WG slash I2NSF or just search IETF and the word I number two NSF and you can find out some more information about this. Thanks very much, Linda, for stopping by. I appreciate that. Thank you And very thanks much. to you for listening to Packer Pushes. Um, this uh, has been a just literally Linda was walking past and said, why don't we talk about this? And I said, yes. So thanks to you for that. Um, if you'd like to know more about the Packet Pushes, head over to our website at packetpushes.net. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can email us, packetpushes at gmail.com. We just love to know what you're thinking. Thanks again to Huawei for providing financial support for us to attend the ITF and have some really interesting conversations and learn new stuff, because I just did. And uh, always remember that, too much technology would never be enough. <laughs>